0: Hey everyone, welcome to the channel. Today I have Alexander with me. Alexander is leading the Beam project, which is, which is a privacy coin and it is a Mimble Wimble implementation. They are going live uh, on January the 3rd and today we are going to talk to him more about his project and where is Beam headed in the future. So hi Alexander, first of all, thanks a lot for accepting our invitation.
1: Hey Arnav, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you
0: awesome awesome so can you like uh give the give a, give the audience a brief background of your work experience and how did you actually start with beam
1: yeah sure so uh, i started my career as a software developer um, then uh in 2005 i founded a company that was dealing with the super popular then uh, peer-to-peer file sharing networks like Donkey, Nutella, and all the others, which is, by the way, a technology that's pretty much similar in a lot of respects to cryptocurrencies. It's also permissionless and fully decentralized, or almost fully decentralized. So we're doing uh, monitoring of those networks. Uh, we created peer-to-peer file sharing clients for the mobile. Uh, we were trying, I might say, to sell uh, licensed content in those networks and did, did a lot of stuff there. Um, then I had another startup, which was a desktop dictionary, a very nice piece of software called Wikitop that allowed you to, to right-click anywhere on the screen and uh, get instant translations from Wikipedia, and a lot of other sources, uh, all for free. That was acquired by IMash, an Israeli company. Uh, I then worked uh, for a company called WeFi. I was doing product management and uh, I was VP of product management there. We were doing a lot of big data analytics on mobile data. And then I spent my last couple of years um, in a VC fund investing in companies uh, here in Israel, mostly growth, mostly growth and late stage. And then uh, I joined Beam as a CEO. Uh, so I don't have prior, uh, you know, work experience in the crypto space, but I think here we have a Beam is a great combination of strong uh, advisory team. Uh, That's very much involved, that involve, uh, includes some crypto old timers like like for instance, and uh, myself, and part of um, uh, the executive team that have little prior experience in, in blockchain. So I think we have a great combination of, you know, uh, crypto insiders' understanding and also a general worldview of how things are done outside of crypto. And I think. Uh, the more people join from the outside, the better, because you know, there is a big world outside of crypto and people in that world, you know, know how to manage things and know how to write software, to release it and to ship. Uh, and I think we're proving that this thing is working nicely.
0: So, uh, Alexander, how does, can you explain to the audience how exactly does wimble work? Um, and so, yeah, like a brief overview of how does Wimble work?
1: Yeah, sure. So, MimbleWimble is a, is a privacy protocol, right? Um, and the difference from other things that we know is that there are no addresses in the system. Uh, so, it's not like everyone controls their own, like, wallet address. Instead, everyone just controls their UTXOs. Uh, we, and we like to explain that uh, using the safe deposit box metaphor. So Mimblewimble blockchain is actually a large set of safe deposit boxes, each one with a code, and every user has codes to their own safe deposit boxes, right? So you would have three safe deposit boxes, I would have two safe deposit boxes, uh, but from the outside, they all look exactly the same, okay? So, and no outsider can see what's inside the box uh, without knowing the key and without also knowing what the amount that should be in there. Now, when we create a transaction, actually, if I want to send you some money, I take my deposit box, my save deposit box, open it up and create two more safe deposit boxes out of it. One goes to you and another one remains with me. But I send you this whole construction, you change the key in your save deposit box, and then you sign from your side and I sign from my side. Uh, okay, and by then the transaction is completed. Okay, now, we are in blockchain, right? So everyone has to validate that the transaction is okay. Mm-hmm. So the way it works is we we send this whole thing to the blockchain. And what the blockchain validates is two things. One is that the amount in the two smaller boxes equals to the amount in the big box, right? Let's mm-hmm. say my big box, my first box had 100. I wanted to send you 60. So yours should be 60 and mine should be 40, right? Because otherwise, if the amount is bigger, then it means that we printed some money, which is not good, mm-hmm. right? Now, uh, this can be verified without knowing the actual amounts because of the smart math uh, that is, is used. So, so the blockchain actually, or the miners verify two things. One is that the total amount is zero. And two is that all the values are positive. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is a little trickier, but I'll explain. Let's say, Uh, they only verify that the amount is zero, right? Mm -hmm. So then I would take my 100, give you 200, and give myself a minus 100, right? So the amount would still be zero. Uh, The the total sum would still be zero, but we would have printed money. You know, you would get more than I had, and also I would have some huge number uh, that would, you know, it would be like an overflow. So to prove that those amounts are positive, we're using something called range proofs. Uh, and especially a flavor called Bulletproofs, uh, invented by uh, Benedict Bins. Uh And this is a, like a flavor of zero-knowledge uh, proof protocol. Mm-hmm. And that way, actually, the blockchain can validate uh, that this transaction is uh, legitimate. Okay? And uh, actually, what, what blockchain knows is, uh, in addition to all those safe deposit boxes, it also knows how much money has been emitted until that end. Uh, Until that moment right because we know that say in the first year every block has uh, you know a hundred coins emitted (laughs) so the blockchain can validate that the total amount of inputs which is the uh, uh, The mined coins equals to the total amount of outputs and then the total sum of everything is zero and as long as that's true Everything is correct and valid
0: Okay, okay. So like how does this uh, compare to Monero's approach like Monero has like stealth addresses and they have like ring signatures and ring ct uh and like i I know like mimble wimble uh achieves like more scalability as well uh even when we compare to like bitcoin so like can you like walk us through how does it compare with monero and yeah a little more more stuff yep
1: so monero is a great uh, technology and a very good privacy coin uh but in order to achieve privacy actually they have to create dummy outputs, right? So they have to make to, I wouldn't say blow it, but increase the size of. It. So, so for one real transaction, there are uh, there is the number of fake transactions that are meant to make it impossible to know who is sending what to who, right? Uh, they still use the same uh, model as as you know Bitcoin and others with when there is an address, right? Mm-hmm. So when I send something to you, then they add more coins. Uh, more more, uh, inputs and outputs to to this transaction so that it's impossible to know who sent what and they sign it with this ring signature. Uh, And the result is that the size of the blockchain today, according to our estimation, per transaction is like five times bigger than Bitcoin. It used to be 25 times bigger, but Monero has just recently released and a a great update where they integrated the same Bulletproof protocol that we're using and they really reduce the size per transaction, but it's still five times bigger than Bitcoin. Now, we uh, are, like, our most conservative estimate is that it will be one-third of Bitcoin, uh, but hopefully uh, much less than that, because the bulk uh, of the blockchain weight is actually the set, uh, set of the safe deposit boxes, right? So, mm-hmm. so the, the blockchain actually grows mostly with addition of new UTXOs, and we we still have to see how it will work out because you don't even really have to increase that amount for every transaction. Sometimes you can, have, can decrease because if I want to send you a thousand and I have 10 boxes of hundreds then I would unite all of my boxes and put it into one box for you, effectively decreasing the size of UTXO sets. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and like, so how does, uh, like, how do you maintain privacy for the sender and the receiver? Uh, like, I, I want to, I want to, uh, I want you to tell a bit more about that. Like say, and even like talking in practicality. So like, say I am using beam, like how, what do I share with you? Like if I want to receive beams sure. uh, with me uh, to me, what do I share? What, how, what do you send to me? How does that work?
1: Sure. So uh, we actually made an effort to create a very uh, easy user experience for, for, for people. You know, we have a graphical wallet that actually, if you, if you try to start using it, it feels more or less like Bitcoin or, or any others, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you send, uh, you click the receive button, for example, if you want to receive money, it generates an address for you. It's even called an address, although it's technically not really an address. It generates like a, a string. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if you want to receive money from me, you send me that string. And this string is actually an identifier of a secure channel that will be established between our two wallets. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in Mimblewimble, you need two wallets to actually talk in order to create a transaction, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like in other networks we're just sent to an address and we're done. In Mimblewimble, you need to talk. So using this key, the two wallets establish a connection because they both know this, the secret key. And the connection is established using what we call a secure bulletin board system. Uh, which is a distributed kind of message board for wallets. Let's put it that way. So they don't have to connect directly to each other using, uh, you know, IP. But they just put messages on this secure bulletin board system. So, uh, so you initiate the transaction. You 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 to click the send button on your wallet. Enter the amount. Paste this address or this code, and then the transaction. Of your part of the transaction is. Put onto this secure bulletin board system, and my wallet is listening to the bulletin board system. Is kind of checking, okay, do I have any any mail, any any new messages there? Once they get it, uh, once it gets it, it verifies. Uh, you know, again, as we said, takes the new small deposit, save deposit box, does its magic, uh, and then sends the transaction back to the sender for the sender to uh, sign and put it onto the blockchain. So. Even if somebody sees the whole transaction, they don't, know, uh, they don't know the values and they don't know the identities of the sender and the receiver. Mm-hmm. Now, there is an attack vector that could be used, which is the network attack vector, right? So somebody could be snooping on the network and see that, okay, this IP was receiving messages uh, with, with this particular safe deposit box. I mean, you can see that you can, you can distinguish two safe deposit boxes. Right, You don't know what is inside the phones, but you can see that, okay, this safe deposit box came over to this IP address kind of from that IP address. Mm-hmm. So, and this can be potentially, uh, kind of, can potentially be uh, detrimental to privacy because somebody could say, oh, okay, Alex sent Arna something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these two guys are kind of talking. Right. So to mitigate that, we added another thing called Dandelion. It's a very nice protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean some somewhat philosophically similar to Tor mm-hmm. because the, the transaction actually directly uh, from um, uh, directly prove unknown to everybody else when we put blockchain but instead it pulls through several nodes and some dummy outputs are also added or either real or, or fake dummy outputs are added as it's mm-hmm. traveling, what's called the stem phase the stem phase of the dandelion. You know, dandelion, you know, this flower with the fluffy head that kind you can do like this. So, yeah. so the transaction travels on the stem between multiple nodes, and the number varies uh, dynamically. Um, and then when when it reaches a node that does the fluffs, then it's everyone. Okay, so it kind of hides the IPs uh, of the sender and the receiver.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and like, so when I'm say receiving uh, beams, I need to generate like every time I need to generate a new like a safe address, right?
1: Yeah, th- that is that is the recommended way. Exactly. In principle, you can use the same one. Usually, those addresses live about twenty four hours, but you can invalidate any one of them at any time. And it's recommended to create a new one every time, uh, just to make it more secure.
0: Okay. Okay. So isn't that like, uh, like say if I want to receive a beam on, on my YouTube page, uh, and I want like to get donation in beam, uh, like, isn't that a bit of a usability issue? Because in Bitcoin, I just send my public address, uh, but in beam. Well, in
1: principle, you're right. In principle, you're right. But the thing is that, um, we are working on adding permanent addresses as well. It will most likely be released. Slightly after the mainnet release because you know we're uh, we're there so we're not adding this as of yet But we'll have some sort of a permanent address uh, Mm -hmm. Which you will be able to post online It may you know to some extent compromise your privacy, but Mm -hmm. I think you know if you're receiving donations, that's that's fine That's fine. You're ready for that. Yeah, or we could think about schemes where you know we could have some code that would generate a new address for every donor uh, mm-hmm. If they click a button, in principle, those addresses don't have to expire immediately. They can also be permanent. If, but, but the user needs to understand that there may be some sort of a privacy concern here.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and like, uh, so in Bitcoin, currently the hot topic in like for techies is lightning network and like scaling Bitcoin. Uh, so like similar for beam, do you, do you have like plans for on-chain scaling and obviously the blockchain size is, I think 10 times less or something like that. Uh, but still the transaction speed is not going to be that, like, it's not going to be that.
1: You're right. You're right. In order to achieve higher transaction speeds, uh, you need to change the consensus mechanism to something other than proof of work, because it by definition requires time. Mm -hmm. and uh, we are uh, believers in in proof-of-work there you know all the uh, other different consensus mechanisms have not been really so proof-of-work blockchain is by definition slow Mm -hmm. okay Uh, because the miners have to solve the the puzzle right before before the transaction can be completed and then you would want to have several blocks to confirm so it is slow now the solution as community believes is a second layer uh, thing like lightning and we we also believe that we are right now actually we announced uh like a side project or we announced that we're starting this lightning poc uh we have like a small part of the team working on that mm-hmm. uh and we hope to have something ready you know in q1 just a proof of concept to show well it looks like it's possible and this will be the way for us to move forward to, to get to faster payments, really, because obviously this is needed. This is one more limitation uh, for uh, of uh, cryptocurrency.
0: Okay. Okay. Makes sense. How, what is the monetary policy of Beam? So like uh, in Bitcoin, we have like 21 million Bitcoins that are going to be mined. Uh, for Beam, like uh, there should be an incentive for coin holders to hold the coin, right? In the initial days, you need to have like a store of value use case. Um, and then, like most of the people who are criticizing grin it's around those lines that grin there is like one grin generated every second or something, yeah, so like right how, what's the approach you you are taking for monetary policy and what's the like the thought process behind uh that yep
1: sure, so our approach is uh also kept similar to bitcoin and a lot of other coins mm-hmm. uh our total emission will be. 262,800,000 beams altogether. So, you remember that number. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, our uh, emission curve is similar to Bitcoins uh, with uh, two differences. One, we have a block every one minute and not every 10 minutes. Yep. And also, in the first year, we have a minor reward or, or the sorry, the emission in the first year is 100 coins per block. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin started with 50, and we have this additional year where we started with 100. Because uh, you know we wanted to give incentive uh, to early adopters to you know to mine the coin and to support the protocol. Yep. So so move the first year the number would be 200, uh, uh, roughly 210 million.
0: Okay. Okay. And like how how is the you have like a founders reward similar to Zcash, right? So uh, can That's you talk correct. about that as well?
1: Absolutely. So in the first five years uh, of the coin's existence, an additional uh, emission is done for every block. So in say, in the first, uh, so the miners get 80 coins per block, and additional 20 coins are emitted into the treasury. Mm-hmm. Okay, so total emission is 100, but 80 goes to the miner, and 20 is emitted into the treasury. And that happens the first five years. Now, the treasury is used for... Three things okay one is um, to give the investor rewards okay we raise money around five million dollars which is used you know to uh, for development Uh, and our investors obviously get the reward back Uh, uh, we have about 45% that goes to the core team and the advisors Mm -hmm. Um, and there is a 20% uh, that is set out for a beam foundation it will be called beam sovereign money foundation which we're now in the process of setting up and the goal actually the vision is that uh, we understand that it's not right for a company to control currency right because you know we're all very nice people but you know companies tend to be uh uh, for profit and ceos tend to maximize the profits uh, of their company so um we want actually to set up this foundation and transfer the control of the protocol to the foundation and attract reputable and respected people from the community to be on the board foundation. And the fund will actually be using those funds that it received unconditionally, and that's super important. The funds, the two percent of the treasury, goes to the foundation unconditionally. It cannot be, I cannot decide, you know, to stop the payments because it's baked into the blockchain. Uh and the foundation will use that those funds. For research, for development, for maintenance, for awareness, for marketing, for whatever it deems right for the cause that we are working on. And again, it will be run by people who are not necessarily part of the original B team. Okay,
0: okay. And like, have you thought about like uh, a governance model like Decred or something, like projects in which, uh, yeah, uh, like uh, having. Haram- uh- uh, uh, no proper governance for the project as well?
1: Yeah, so we, we, we know more or less what Decred is doing and they're really pioneering this on-chain governments. However, uh, we, in the beginning at least, will go with much more conservative approach, like what Zcash is doing, you know, just good old, you know, people of flesh and blood making decisions, you know, like, like a board that like a board of maybe five to seven directors and then maybe subcommittees renting money for different projects. We'll start with that, okay? Because again, we don't want to innovate too much uh, on that. And this is not our goal. Uh, if and when there is like something that is really well tested and works nicely, then we might adopt that model too. But in the beginning, it will be more like traditional, okay. traditional govern- governance.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And like, uh, so I now want to talk about Grin, right? So when we sure. talk about Wimble, Wimble, they talk about Grin and Beam. Uh, and like Grin has, so most people that what I've observed is like, uh, people like that Grin, the core team is anonymous. Uh, they, they sort of relate to uh, with Bitcoin and people um, with Beam, most people they say like the tech is great. But the team they have like a founder reward, and many of the community like core members they are sort of against the founder reward. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Like like we like even in the case of Zcash, uh, we are, we see people like bashing uh, like the Zcash Foundation. So like how how are you planning to sort of uh, uh, handle Bitcoin maximalists uh, coming at uh, Beam? Uh, for that.
1: Well, first I think that whatever you do there will be people who don't like what you're doing right so we're not uh, intimidated uh, and we're not even that much offended frankly you know I was offended in the beginning when people were calling us scam uh, because that is kind of a thing yeah we have a different model we are very upfront and we're not definitely not scamming anyone uh, now uh, Grin has their own model which is great uh, we believe that a funded development uh, where we you have a, a team that's working on a project uh, might work better. You know, the future will tell. Uh, and I think both, model, both, both models are viable, right? In the traditional world, most of the startups are funded, right? People have an idea, they get a team, develop it, and then distribute it. In the crypto world, um, I don't know what the percentage is, but probably the more successful projects are unfunded um but there are also some very successful projects that are very well funded uh you know you can talk about all kinds of new uh uh you know zcash is one of the great great examples and there's a lot of other companies who raise tons of money uh and um and use that for development so we are not ashamed of what we're doing at all it's a different model now i cannot say which one is better you know we like ours we uh, actually, we have proven, I think, that when we have the funds and a corporate organization, we can move much, much, much faster mm-hmm. uh, than people who are unfunded and don't have the corporate governance. Again, that said, uh, you know, you won't hear any bad things or, uh, about Grin. Obviously, they have great technology. We are talking to them regularly. And we see that, you know, we're doing, uh, we're promoting the same great protocol. And, you know, time will tell.
0: Right, right, right. And like, how? Uh, so, how do you compare to Grin? Like in general, uh, like the approach, like the uh, and yeah. like the use case that the vision in general. How do you compare with them?
1: Yeah. So, so as we have already mentioned, there is uh, one major difference in the emission curve. Grin is inflationary, we're deflationary, and I, I won't even go to uh, you know discussing which one is necessarily better. Mm-hmm. uh right but but there's for people who would prefer this one or people who would prefer uh that model, uh we we think that capta mission is more suitable and more proven, so this is one, another one is we're putting a lot of attention on usability, mm-hmm. okay, and just as an evidence of that, you know we have a very nice looking graphical wallet for the three major platforms. You don't need to be a developer to run it. Uh, you just install like any normal piece of software and you play around. We'll also be releasing a mobile wallet very soon. And we'll be doing more and more stuff uh, in that direction. Uh, so we are much more focused on user experience. I might say it might be also related to resources because, you know, this stuff is you need more resources to, to build that. Uh you know, some hardcore developers would say it might be easier a little bit than creating, you know, hardcore protocol stacks, but it, it has it needs time and resources and, and, and dedication. Um also uh we have a broader vision. Uh what we want to do is a currency that is on on one hand fully confidential, mm-hmm. but on the other hand optionally compliant. As I said, if as a business, if I start working with Bitcoin, then it's at some point. I realized that all my transactions are visible on the blockchain, right? So somebody uh, more or less sophistication can really understand whatever I'm doing, right? And I, as a business, I don't want to spend my time, you know, hiding stuff and, uh, you know, playing around with the uh, mixers and, uh, and it still will be discovered if, uh, you know, if somebody really spends time on that. So, and as a business, I don't want my finances, you know, in the open, right? There's no way, uh, neither as a person, right? As a person who is ready to publish their bank statements or all of their holdings for everyone to see. Nobody, I think, mm-hmm. right? Uh, maybe a very few, very small percentage of people. Now, then on the other, we have those great privacy coins. We have Monero, Zcash, uh, Confidential. Okay. Uh, again, the, the okay. So we're talking about using an existing anonymous cryptocurrency, but then you have trouble converting your funds into you know back into the banking system, or undergoing an audit, which companies need, you know. And what we believe is that while crypto is a great technology, but the existing financial system is, guess what, not going away really that soon, right? Mm -hmm. So what we want to build is a currency where people are really have sovereignty, not just on their funds, but also on information about their funds. And uh, whoever wants to be 100% private, that will be the default setting, right? So when we launch the mainnet, this is the only option and, and you're private. But in the future, uh, we would allow people to become auditable, okay, but by producing additional auditor keys, and then giving them to an auditor who can then go through your transactions in a secure but uh, approvably complete way, so that they see that they can be sure that they see the full list of your transactions from the creation of the wallet, and then it would also allow you to add more stuff on the blockchain, like uh, like some uh, link. Uh, to the transaction documents for a transaction, or you could demand additional information from the other side. And here we're actually leveraging this seeming, uh, you know, deficiency of Mimblewimble, wimble, uh, which means that, uh, which is that you need both sides to create a transaction, right? Mm-hmm. We're leveraging that to say, okay, I want to send to uh, send a thousand beam to Arnab, but I I want an invoice to be attached to this transaction to this transaction because I want to show that to my auditor later on and prove that uh that this was a legitimate transaction so and then that that's how it will work so, so this is a, also a big difference uh from what grin is building because they're i think they are following the core cyberpunk technology of you know a currency that nobody can touch no government can even you know or government or financial uh, system can can plug into uh we are actually trying to build something that is uh, we believe more suited to the world as it is now.
0: Okay. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Um, and like, uh, can you talk about like the current status of beam? Like you had like a testnet one, testnet two, uh, it, and you have like a couple of other things that you are built already. So you have a wallet, you have like a, I think atomic swaps also working like a POC. So like what, what's the current technical, uh, update, f- uh, for beam?
1: what what's in the box right so so we have just launched Testnet four it will run for like uh also it will remain running past mainnet mm-hmm. but uh, we're launching the mainnet in on january 3 uh, on this anniversary of bitcoin genesis block mm-hmm. right uh, and this mainnet will have graphical wallets for the three leading platforms it would have uh, miners. Uh, we now have, we have released an OpenCL miner and we're now working with the CUDA miner as well. We'll see if it's ready or not. Um, so atomic swap will be ready somewhere mid January. So we did a POC, but it, it will take some time. Uh, so so with, with the mainnet launch, we'll have a uh, rich user facing feature set in the wallet. We'll have the basic mining infrastructure. Um, and we, we also have support for confidential assets built into the blockchain, but there won't be any user-facing features in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, but that will, in the future, allow people to issue additional uh, tokens on our blockchain and trade them securely. And we actually announced that we're working on with a company called Stable StableUnit uh, on trying to implement uh, a stable coin. Also, we'll start with a POC uh, somewhere in Q1. Okay. So we have a very very long roadmap, including you know mobile wallets uh, and a lot of different APIs, uh, mining pools. But as we start, it will be uh, the core stuff, but with great usability.
0: Okay. Okay. And like, how? Uh, what sort of response have you gotten? Like from mining pools in general? Um, like, yeah, how many people are are will actually mine Beam uh, on January third?
1: so uh we don't have exact numbers uh we know that there is huge interest in mimble wimble uh there is you know we have a vocal community uh in you know telegram twitter and uh as as we released the minor a lot of people started testing so we think there will be again only time will tell uh but we are very optimistic
0: okay okay and like uh Uh, what sort of roadmap do you have for like say uh, for like uh, getting beam on multiple wallets uh, getting beam actually used by people and like what sort of use cases do you see like in the initial days like say in a year or in two years do you see for
1: beam sure so regarding wallets integration yeah obviously we talked to several uh, companies that are building their own wallets Uh, and of course we'll go that way because we want more and more adoption. We'll just need to finalize and test the, the right API. Um, we are also talking to several exchanges where we'll eventually be listed. Um, now in terms of the use cases, there are several. Okay. So one use case is store of value confidential store value. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we believe that people who hold a lot of, uh, assets in say Bitcoin or any other non-confidential currency really need to think about moving some of that into a confidential cryptocurrency because when the rainy day comes uh, somebody might know how much money you have in your bitcoin and that might be very highly undesirable uh, especially if the day is really rainy uh now another use case for us is confidential payments you know We believe all payments should be confidential, right? Nobody has to see how much money I'm sending you or you're sending me or uh, so. There are some services that are inherently um, privacy oriented. For example, we talk to VPN companies uh, who are selling uh, access to their VPNs to people in countries where uh, internet access is limited. So this this is a great use case. Um, and frankly, uh, once we will do the integration with uh, merchant services or payment service, uh, it will be a great option for any purchase, right? Because even if I buy uh, stuff on, you know, Open Bazaar, mm-hmm. you know, why would everyone need to see how much I'm spending? Um, so so that's uh, that's another great use case. Now, confidential assets is also something we are... Uh, very bullish on you know, and there is a lot of talk now about tokenized securities and tokenized everything. Uh, most of of the projects now are non confidential, meaning that if I own like this tokenized stock, then again people might know how exactly I own, how how much it's owned, and with, it will be possible to uh, uh, to make this information private. And eventually, uh, as we develop the compliance uh, mechanisms. Uh, we will want to see businesses actually using Beam for transactions because, again, that's the way it should be. Nobody should be able to see my transactions, but I need to be able to record them if I want to.
0: Yep. And like, do you have plans to have, like, say, smart contracts as well on Beam?
1: Not at the moment. Uh, we might develop some sort of integrations to other smart uh, to to blockchains that do support smart contracts. Uh, but right now it's still too early. So we're looking into that. Um, we understand the value of smart contracts, by the way, in Mimblewimble it's possible to implement some smarts you know, you can have time lock transactions, you can, have, um, you can have atomic swaps, but smart contracts per se are not supported uh, on the blockchain. So uh, we will probably develop some links to other blockchains uh, where the smart contracts will run.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think Alexander, we have covered quite a lot in this interview and, uh, I, I, hope the audience find the beam project interesting and they check it out and they hopefully run a node and they start mining on Jan 3rd.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. And yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. I mean, uh, I recommend everyone to check out, uh, you know, I have to do some shilling, right? Uh, check out our website. It's beam.mw and for for those people who want to be you know in, in the first group of mine you know this is this is the time now so go on W, check check us out you know if you have any issues we have github uh just post any issues uh there and, and we'll try to react uh we're super excited about the launch so you know january 3 2, 2 p uh it will be 2 p.m gmt on january 3 where we push the button
0: Okay, okay, yeah, and I wish you the best, Alexander for beam and i hope thank you yeah you hope I hope uh we have like a proper privacy coin that everyone uses
1: yeah we we also hope that hope that is the case very much, and we you know privacy is super important i we believe it's the basic right that we need to give back to the people, and the more projects doing that, the better because then you know there is more innovation, more competition, and then you know. Better technology appears in the end of the day.
0: Okay, okay. Thanks, Alexander.
1: Great, Arno. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you.